get to episode 240 in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of this podcast. Whenever you need to make a purchase at Amazon.com, please use my affiliate link by going to ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. Shop as you normally do. Check out as you normally do. It doesn't cost you anything more. And I do earn a small commission on qualifying purchases. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 240 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj, on all the socials. I'm really glad you're here for this episode, and as usual, I've got a few things to talk about. First off, I'm going to lead off with... (laughs) I am very overextended in my scheduling. I have so many things going on. It is about one o'clock in the morning, Friday morning. I'm not sure what the date is. I think it's the 4th of August. I'm recording this and I've got to get out of this habit, but everything has just been going crazy. The one day I had some things to do, Liz got called into Walden where they've got a summer camp going on and I couldn't get anything done while she was there. So I had to do some work last night instead of recording this podcast last night. That's where I am. And I'm having trouble getting around the HVAC recording schedule. (laughs) We had a new air conditioning put in, which I'm not sure how it would sound, but I don't want to test it. And one of the things about recording at this hour, the air is set to 80 degrees, so... Fingers crossed that it doesn't go off because it's fairly cool out tonight. It's around 70 degrees outside as I record this. So hopefully the air doesn't go on and cause all sorts of other kinds of sound issues. But speaking of the HVAC, this is the fourth property, sorry, this is the fourth residence that I've owned. It's the first one that I've had to put an HVAC system in. And while I don't know that We definitely needed to. We felt better to do it. The first house I bought on my own was a townhouse, bought it new, only stayed there four years. If I needed to put a new HVAC system in there, it would have been something seriously wrong. Second house that I owned was also one, the first one Liz owned. We had that house for 23 years. At about the 15-year mark, all sorts of things started going wrong with our HVAC systems, and we actually had two zones in that. So we had two heaters and two air conditioning units, and fortunately, we just kept kicking the can down the road. We never had to put the new one in. I believe the people who bought it from us seven years ago have since put in at least one new unit, if not replacing the whole thing. So just imagine it's, uh, it was around 20 grand for us to put in this tiny house to put our HVAC unit in. So that would have been at least one and a half times to almost two times over our old house in media. We had our air conditioning unit checked by the people that we have our contract with And we had to put some coolant in and they said, whenever you put coolant in, you know, or whenever you do anything that 
is a major payment for it, we recommend that you have us price it because you would then get a credit for whatever you had done. And fortunately, that was only $367. They credit you up to $500. So we said, sure, come out and give us an estimate. They gave us an estimate. And Liz and I talked and we were going to do it. And then Liz said, maybe we should get another price. So we called another company. And sadly, for the first company, the one that we've dealt with for many, many years, other than when we owned the condo, we went with the other company. Here's the issue. And this is the only thing that may be blindness related. Well, there's a couple of blindness issues. The first company, the one that we've used for many years, they explain the thermostat. Here's the thermostat. It's this, it's that. You can control it with the A-Lady. Great. Because I can't see that, of course. And at least either using an app for the phone or the A-Lady, I would be able to, oh, it's a little cold in here, I should turn on the heat, or oh, it's a little hot in here, I should turn on the air. Or it's more likely, it's a little cold in here, let me turn off the air. I'll get to that cold thing in a minute. That not having to do with the HVAC in this house, but when I'm out and about. So we go with the other company, even though they can't really explain the thermostat as well. Oh, yes, it's top of the line. It's a touch screen. I said, oh, hold on a second. Touch screen. I can't use it. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's blah, 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 blah. I said, no, I can't use it. I'm blind. It will not work for me. Does it come with an app? Is there an app that we can connect? Yes. Okay, now we're talking. Great. They don't know much about it. We have them install it. It's supposed to be a one-day job always takes one day. Well, of course, not for us, it doesn't. They had to come back a second day and spend about three hours here to install it. Well, one thing that they didn't bring up that Liz noticed after she came home, she was out the day they installed it. And when she came home, they had gone about half an hour beforehand. Liz goes down and looks at the unit Now, again, they still had to come back the next day to finish, but they had our air conditioning up and running when they left. Not that it was a big deal because it was a cool day and we would have been okay. Liz looks at the dryer and there's this huge dent in the top of the dryer, which is right next to the heating unit in our basement. And I said, oh my God. So she goes upstairs and she does a load of wash so she can then test the the dryer. Dryer runs okay, but I start to wonder, well, it runs okay now, but did it do some kind of damage that may shorten the life? Did something fall on it and also hit the electronics that in two weeks' time we're going to have an issue? We don't know. Liz questioned them about it the next day when they came back. Hey, who who took some uh, frustration out on our dryer? And the one guy, and both their names were Tim, by the way, so we didn't have to think hard when, <laughs> when we had to address them. We knew it's Tim, whether, you know, it didn't matter that I couldn't see who it was because I just said, hey, Tim, and they answered because they're both Tim. So the main guy, Tim, who did most of the interaction with us, said, what do you mean? And Liz came down and showed them and said, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened. You know, we might have rested something on there. Nobody fessed up to anything. So they keep messaging me and emailing me to leave a review. And I don't want to, because I don't want to say something about that. Because otherwise, they were both very professional. They cleaned up 
like you wouldn't believe, including where they had to cut stuff out in the yard and things like that. Everything was cleaned up. But I can't leave a review and not mention the huge dent in our dryer. I can't do it. I won't do it because I don't want a month from now to have issues with our dryer and then say, oh, well, you left a five-star review. It's glowing and so forth and so on. So I'm not going to leave a review. And if they call me to ask me why I haven't left a review, I will tell them about that. Because Tim didn't really, neither Tim, (laughs) really seem to know what happened. And okay, whatever. You don't want to know. And I don't know if they didn't say anything to me when I was here when they left because they knew that I couldn't see, because I had explained something to them when they were trying to go over the thermostat. And I said, well, I can't see it. And then they completely discounted me. I said, hang on a second, let me just listen. I I had gone into the kitchen to do something. And the main Tim said to Jacob, here's how this works. I said, hang on a second, I'll be right back in there. I want to listen, even though I can't see it, I want to listen. And he then continued to start. So for those two reasons, no review until I talk to somebody there. And so I'm guessing we'll be leaving no review because I just can't leave one and give five stars for the huge dent that's now in our dryer. (laughs) And I looked online. It said, you don't have to worry usually. You should be able to get the dryer at a discount. Well, we already own it. You know, we're not getting a discount now. But so far, so good on the air conditioning. And we programmed the thermostat today, so we should be good there. Other than the dent and not knowing how to deal with my lack of sight, everything went pretty well. I know I had touched on this in the last episode, but I was really excited to travel to Cornell and their tech center on Roosevelt Island in New York City. I'd never been to Roosevelt Island. I had heard about it. I was excited to take a look. So I traveled up there by train. I took Amtrak, which turns out that was the cheapest mode of transportation I took all day. I took two Amtrak trains, one to New York, one from New York. And I believe my total was $36 round trip. It was $10 coming home. (laughs) It was 26 going up, which is just incredible. That was the cheapest. I took four Ubers, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But I paid about $200 in Ubers that day. But I traveled to New York to participate in this study for virtual reality glasses with non-visual cues. And it was so cool. I had never had a pair of VR glasses on before. And to go through and just put them on and look around, it was crazy. Besides interacting with people, but I would love to see how it would be with interacting with other things, a computer screen, because things just seem bright and clear. Again, I still had trouble making out what things were, and I had to ask Jasmine, my main contact for this study. She's a PhD candidate. And I had participated in another study about six months ago with Cornell and using an app to take a picture of a scene and then it would describe what the scene was. You're looking at a computer monitor, da 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 whatever, whatever the picture had. When all was said and done, I asked Jasmine as we were walking back to the front of the hotel that was next to the Cornell Tech Center, 
I said, what was on the table that was in front of me? And what else was in the room? Tell me what I was looking at. Because one thing looked like it was kind of curved and it kind of looked like almost like a console where it had dials. It turns out I think that was a chessboard. <laughs> Why it had that bend in it, I don't know. But I couldn't make out any chess pieces. I think that would be really cool because I love playing chess, which I, I think I mentioned an episode or two ago. And I play 8 million games a day at chess.com. <laughs> usually against the computer. I would love to play against a human to see if I am at least partially good at playing. I don't think I am, but who knows? It's just easy for me to do when I'm tired of trying to look and see things. It's something that I don't have to look too closely at and that I could do without listening to voiceover. Sometimes I make mistakes or I don't see a piece and then they get my guy and so forth. But it's something that for now I can play um, fairly quickly in between uh, or while I'm on hold on the on a phone call. I don't have to listen for anything on the board. I just hear the chess piece hitting. So there was the, the chess board in front of me and I noticed something blue to my left and I asked her what that was. She said, that was a ping pong table. I said, okay. There was something dark on the wall. I said, was that a monitor? And she wasn't sure what that was that I was referencing, and she couldn't tell me. But it was so cool to have these glasses on, and I'm, re- <laughs> I'm reaching for things. It, it kind of reminded me when my dad had, uh, about a year before he died, he had fallen and broken a vertebrae in his neck. And when he was in the hospital initially, Whatever medicine they put him on made him completely crazy. And even when he was sleeping, he was doing things. At one point, it looked like he was (laughs) using an adding machine and punching numbers in. And then the old type of adding machine where you punch the numbers in and then there was like like a crank that you pulled down to, you know, then to do it. Or maybe it was a cash register funny he never was a he never took cash in any of his stores he was always out on the floor talking to either customers or filling shelves he i never saw him ring anybody up and some of the other times he would be pouring cereal it looked like he was pouring cereal into a bowl and then milk and so as i'm reaching as i have these vr goggles on i'm reaching for things and i hear the people who are around me you know, watching me and writing stuff down on their computers and stuff, moving their water bottles because <laughs> they're they're afraid that I'm gonna I'm gonna you know knock something over into the computer, whatever. So that was kind of funny, and it made me think of my dad. But the non-visual cue part of it, there were five different things. There was one haptic item, which was a eye gaze. And I held these controllers in my hands, and they just kind of vibrated lightly uh, when there was an eye gaze. And when somebody agreed, there was a positive sound, like somebody shaking their head yes, or shaking their head no, it was a negative sound, just a short two-note thing. And then when there was a smile, there was an upbeat sound, again, a couple of notes. When they were frowning, it was a downbeat sound. 
so I could kind of get the idea as we're having these discussions, and I'll talk about the discussions in a minute because they were all food related, but just kind of weird. So we did one dry run of here's what this feels like, here's what this sounds like, here's what that sounds like, so forth and so on. And I said, okay, I got it. So then we do the first one. There were three different tests. The first one, the first two were just Jasmine and I. The first one was the discussion on are hot dogs a sandwich? Now, that sounded crazy to me. And I just thought it was funny the way Jasmine kind of let me speak first so then she could be devil's advocate. She didn't want to say something that then I would agree with, and then it would be more difficult to do some of or all of the sounds. If, if it was something we agreed on, there would be all positive stuff and maybe no negative things. So I said, of course, a hot dog is a sandwich. And I explained my reasoning why. And the weird thing with this one, I shouldn't say weird, the, the thing that kind of got me after a while, the gaze, the eye gaze. It was constant. And at one point I'm thinking, man, she's really staring me down. This is a little uncomfortable at this point because it was constant. I mean, a hot dog being a sandwich, if it is or if it isn't, not that, not that critical not to be stared down like that. <laughs> but it was very cool. So, of course, by the end of it, I converted her into believing, yeah, a hot dog is a sandwich because... It's on a roll and you put condiments on it. I mean, okay, it's not bread. I mean, technically it is. It's like a whole loaf of bread, all in one. <laughs> so they were the first two. The second, the second of those two where it was just one-on-one. -on -one. And whenever I said something that she didn't like, I would hear uh, the no, shaking the head no. When I'd hear that, oh, she's on board with that, I could hear her smile. Or when I said something she didn't like, I could hear her frown. And that was very, very cool to get that feedback. The other cool thing about it, and I didn't notice it straight away, when she first started talking to me, she was to my right and almost on the same plane as me to my right. So as I was looking forward, as I would look to my right, I could hear her going from just coming into my right ear, but into both ears and hearing, I'm sorry, I'm doing that as an, and I'm turning my head away from the microphone. What a dummy, right? So <laughs> it's, there's no video being recorded. I don't know why I'm even acting this out. So as I would turn to my right, I could hear it more in stereo. And I realized that, and I, and I should have done this more when, we were having the discussion, I should have been moving, you know, been a little more animated. I'm sitting here now moving my hands about. I, I'm surprised I haven't hit the microphone yet. When I was doing that, I'm just holding the controllers in my hand, sitting in a chair, not doing anything. So with the hot dog discussion, she was to my immediate right. And so it was just weird and I couldn't really make out how she looked, how her avatar looked. But in the next one, the next earth-shattering discussion, pancakes or waffles. <laughs> I like both, but I would pick a pancake over a waffle. Unless you're going to put ice cream on it, then I would pick a waffle. And again, a lot of things I like about waffles. You can get doughy plus the crunchy outside, but I just like, wa I just like pancakes better. And so we had that discussion. And then there was positive things that I heard and felt 
from Jasmine and things that she didn't agree with. And then, of course, by the end, I had convinced her that, yeah, pancakes are pretty cool because you can eat them with your hands, you roll them up, you can dip them in stuff, which you can, of course, do with waffles. But then you can't do that with waffles and take advantage of all those all those compartments that you can pour and have all that syrup in. So pancakes for me, because you can eat them without utensils. That's always, <laughs> that's always the first thing I ask. Can I, can I eat it without a utensil? Because it hurts to hold forks, and it's just a lot easier also when you can't see and you're just hitting around the plate trying to find what the next bite is. So that was the next one. Again, same thing, hurt a lot of uh, less eye gaze. And I had said something, I had said something after the hot dog discussion. I said, oh, that was intense, that eye gaze. (laughs) I said it was almost ominous to me that, you know, you're going to leap out and start, you know, coming after me. So during the waffle pancake discussion, she was a little more, she was still to my right, but more in front of me as opposed to being on the same uh, plane as me. So I could kind of see her avatar a little bit better to the point where during the third discussion, which was super salad, and as anybody that knows me, I wouldn't pick soup in a million years. Jane has tried to convince me, oh, but dad, it's savory tea. I said, I don't care what you think. I'm not going to eat it. I just don't like soup. I don't like it. I want to like it because I know it's very filling and it's good for you when you have a cold, but I just don't. I will pick a salad every time, 100 out of 100. But this time, instead of just Jasmine and I, there were two other participants. And of course, one took the soup side, one took the salad side. And Jasmine, of course, was the Again, against me with the soup, and again, I had to convince of a salad. And again, it was that was very intense in general because instead of just going one-on-one and hearing one frown or one smile, I heard two frowns and a smile, or there were multiple eye gazes or multiple, you know, some shaking their head yes, some shaking their head no. So it was it was overwhelming. And at the end of each study, when do you think you convinced the other person that the hot dog was better? Or when did you think you convinced the the others that the salad was better to have over the soup? There was so much going on that I, I couldn't tell you any of that because of hearing everything that's happening. And as I had mentioned to them, and I may have mentioned this when I came back from Houston, I had gone to the Natural History Museum in Houston. And when I went there... I went there, I got there very early. I think it opened at nine. I got there a little after nine. The hotel wasn't that far, maybe 10 minutes away. And it was great because it was pretty empty. But as I was there, after about an hour and a half, it started to get really busy with a lot of kids. And it was overwhelming. It was sensory overload because I'm trying to listen to my phone I'm worried about the battery because my phone's battery just, it just depletes. I have to charge it a couple times per day or it won't last the day. And I am just, (laughs) I am just hoping that the iPhone 15s come out in late September because both Jane and I are ready. We've had our phones, I want to say we've had them four or five years. But because of all that overload at the museum in Houston, And because of that last uh, with the three others, it was just too much to take and I couldn't concentrate on any of it. 
So that part was really intense and and difficult. I could tell during that I yes, I could hear that two people agreed or two people were against me and and one person agreed. That I could tell, but otherwise I couldn't tell you Two minutes later, I, there's no way I could tell you what was going on. And the first two one-on-one tests were five minutes long. The last test with the four of us was 10 minutes long. And it was just very interesting. And I, I would have loved to try some other things with the VR glasses. But that was the end. I, we did some, some other questions and things like that. But it was really cool to do that. And I was really excited to help. In fact, when Jasmine walked me out, as we were walking, uh, the tech center, if I didn't mention earlier, is right next to a hotel. And that's where I called for the Uber. It's uh, right next to the Queensboro Bridge, which I, if you go to my Instagram account, you can see I posted a few pictures from there, uh, both from Roosevelt Island. There's a blind selfie of me there. Uh, there's a nice picture of the bridge. It was a beautiful day. It was hot. And I'll, I'll get to that. Like I said, I'll get to that in a little bit. But as I said to her, as we're walking back and I'm going to order the Uber, I said, look, whenever you have something, she's like, can you come up anytime? I said, if I'm available, I will come to do any of these studies because I just, I love to do it because somewhere along the line, it's going to help someone, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not somebody in my generation, but as the future moves on, as we get further into VR technology, and there's all sorts of things on social media and social events with these VR glasses, blind folks are going to be left out if somebody doesn't have a workaround. And if I can help somebody avoid that, some kid who is now 10 years old and can't see in five or six years, then get a pair of VR glasses and be able to participate in some of these things on Meta it would be great. I mean, it would just be outstanding. And that's why I do it. And of course, I like traveling to New York City. And I kind of made it was a twofer for me because I took the train up, did the study, then went met Jane, we had dinner, I got a cord for. (laughs) So I have a couple of spare batteries, the uh, ones that can charge your phone uh, when you don't have AC. And I had the battery and I had the thing to charge the battery. I didn't have a cord to take the battery's juice from the battery to the phone. So after Jane and I had dinner, we went to Target and I got one. And then I was good to go because I I wouldn't have made it home without that. As far as the travel component goes, it was not the best. And it wasn't the best because the regional rail that I take from Swarthmore into Philadelphia, that line was closed the week that I did this last week for track work and updating some things and uh, non-train related things that were under the tracks, sewer pipes and stuff like that. So I had two options. I could have Liz drive me in or I could take a ride share. And I always hate to have someone drive me somewhere if they've got to take me and then drive home. Especially, I'm not talking about going to someplace close where it's five or 10 minutes away. This is a half an hour or more. So drive it, drive me in, drop me off, and then do that same ride back home. I just, I hate to do that. So people's time, it's much more valuable than that. 
maybe not as valuable as the $57 or so <laughs> that I spent to get from my house into 30th Street Station. But we got on to 95 and we all, almost immediately hit traffic after we got off 476 on to 95. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to miss my train. I had to take that train because if I didn't take that train, the next train that left would have been too late for me to do to get there for the time that I was scheduled to do the study. And the next thing I know, we're exiting 95 before the airport to get on what's called 291, and then you go across this bridge called the Platte Bridge, and then on to 26th Street that then goes into the Schuylkill Expressway 76. Well, my Uber driver, thinking ahead, got off before the airport, went down 291 through the airport. And I'm thinking, oh my God, did I punch in the airport instead of 30th Street Station? And we're no, nowhere near like he's going to drop me off. We're all the way on the left side of the road where baggage drop-off stuff was to the right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's cutting through the airport so we can bypass the traffic. Because while we weren't traveling at 55 miles an hour, 95 was traveling at about 10 miles an hour. And I can tell you we were going faster than that. So we go through the airport and we get to the station, 30th Street station. And I said, man, what a great move to go through the airport. That was, that was awesome. And the other thing that this guy did, and I believe his name was Isaac, but it was spelled, he was, he was not a local product. Uh, it was spelled a little different, I-S-I-A-K or something like that. He also, every time I got a text message or an email, he turned the radio down so that I could hear it and then respond. He was, he was probably the best Uber driver I ever had. And I tipped him the most <laughs> that I have ever tipped an Uber driver, 20%. And I usually, I would usually give a dollar or two or three, depending on how much it is. And again, this was 57, 58 bucks. So it was you know, a decent chunk of change that he got from that. So I get to 30th Street Station thinking that I'm going to have to hurry to get there as I'm in the car, but I get out of the car, I go into the station, and I go to the information desk to find where I need to be, and I realize, oh my gosh, I still have a half an hour before the train is supposed to leave. So I get to the desk, and I say, you know, I'm going to New York, where do I line up? And it just so happened that it was to my immediate left was the uh, the stairwell to the platform, and so I go and I wait over there. And as I'm waiting there, I'm thinking, you know what? I better use the bathroom. There's, no <laughs> There's nothing worse for me than trying to go to the bathroom on the train. <laughs> it's like having <laughs> a fire hose just swinging around. And so you get the idea. So I don't, if I don't have to really go, I don't want to go on the train because it's just, <laughs> it's just impossible as we're moving about and uh, getting jostled all around. Again, you can get that mental picture <laughs> And we'll leave it at that. But as I'm walking back from the bathroom, I'm cutting through this line and going back to where I was standing. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the, <laughs> this is the line for the train to New York. And I'm going to just go to the front of it because that's where the guy told me to stand. And at one point, I'm standing to the left side of the stairwell. And an Amtrak employee comes over to me and said, uh, are you going to Harrisburg? I said, no, no, I'm going to New York. Oh, could you just move over here? And she takes my arm and she moves me to the other side of the stairwell. This is for New York. We'll get on in a little bit. The train is just coming in in a minute. And I got to go on and 
find find my seat. Now, one thing it looked like, and I couldn't tell, again because this train was coming from Harrisburg, so it was there were already plenty of people on it, and a lot of people that got off. So a lot of people traveling along the way from, and I guess it actually started in Pittsburgh, from across the state came to Philadelphia that day. I was surprised how many people got off. But I get on the train, I don't notice the normal disability seats, which are usually near the front of the car. And it's I, I like it because there is a lot of leg room and a place to put your bag if you have a suitcase. Or in this case, I had my backpack because I was fearful of something happening to my cane. So I had a spare cane on me and some other things and even some recording equipment that I ended up not using, which was dumb. And I'll get to that in a minute. So I couldn't find that. I sit in a regular seat. And as soon as I sit down, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I am going to freeze. And no one sits next to me getting on at Philadelphia. And I wanted somebody to sit next to me, A, because they're 98.6 or thereabouts. And maybe they would block the air (laughs) coming from up above in the aisle. Lucky for me, somebody got on in Trenton, and that made things a little bit better. But I was freezing on there. I actually had my backpack on my lap to get me a little bit warmer. I didn't bring a hoodie, and I guess I should start throwing one of those in the in the backpack when I travel. So I get to New York. I get off the train, and I'm just wandering around this concourse, wondering why I can't find the main level of the Moynihan train hall. And finally, I get down to one end, and it sounded like the subways, which it was, so I knew I didn't want that. So I turned around, and I found an information desk. I found some sort of person at some sort of desk, and I said, how do I get up to the main main level of the station? And she said, oh, just go up uh, the—go right past here to your left, and then make a right up the stairs, and you'll be on the main level. And I said, okay, great. And at this point, of course, I had to go to the bathroom again, (laughs) so— So once I got up there and got my bearings, I knew where the bathroom was. I went to the bathroom. And so then I have to go outside to get an Uber. I go outside. I get the Uber. Says X number of minutes. I wait a couple of minutes. And I am on the corner of 8th Avenue and 33rd Street. And 33rd goes, let's see, goes uh, east to west. So... The cars, when they're stopped at the red light, are across 8th Avenue. And 8th Avenue goes north. So it said that I'm at the TD Bank, which is across 33rd Street. So I'm wondering if the guy's over there, because it said whatever the guy's name was, is zero minutes away. I messaged the guy saying that I'm blind. Please call out my name when you arrive so I know you're here. Guy cancels. Again, not sure if it's a blind thing. Probably. Because, as I've mentioned on more than one previous episode, there is a huge issue with rideshare companies canceling on blind folks, mostly the ones with guide dogs. And some will cancel when you mention that you're blind because they don't know if you have a guide dog or not, and they don't want to get into it because you're not allowed to do that. And they do it anyway. It happened to my friend Brian. I think I talked about it a couple of episodes ago when they were in Seattle for the all-star game. The Lyft driver told him to get the F out of the car. No dogs in the car. I don't care what the law is, so forth and so on. 
So the next driver I call gets there. I thought, you know what? It says I'm a TD Bank. Let me walk across 33rd Street. I cross 33rd, and I'm now standing on the northwest corner of 33rd instead of the southwest corner. And I'm waiting, and there's a little bit of some barriers. Um, cattle shoots up. I don't know if they, it's for road work or if it's a bike lane. Not 100% sure. But I messaged the driver telling him I'm blind. Please call out my name when you arrive so I know where you are. Well, he doesn't do that, but then he calls me on the phone and he said, I'm right over here to your left. I said, okay, do you see me? I'm right here. I said, no, I don't see you. I said, beep your horn. And just as I said, beep your horn, some other car, uh, a little bit down eighth, back across 33rd and a little bit down eighth, blows their horn. And so I'm not sure, is that him? He's not even close. And then the other guy, my driver, blows his horn. And I go, and I step off the curb. And as I step off, a bike goes whizzing by me. And I stop for a second, and two more come shoot by me. They had come, they were coming the wrong way down 33rd. And again, not that you can do anything about it if you get run over by a bicyclist, because first of all, you don't have to have any money to own a bike. You don't have to have insurance or any of that. So I'm always fearful of that. But fortunately, I was good. I get in the car and we, we head over to Roosevelt Island, which is not a short trip. A lot of traffic. There was an accident somewhere. And again, my driver had to be creative to go around the accident and get me there. And I got there with about five minutes to spare. I think it ended up taking about 45 minutes from Moynihan Train Hall, which is Penn Station, over to Roosevelt Island. I went to the Graduate Hotel, which is the easier thing to put in. And then I called Jasmine and she came over and grabbed me from there. And we walked over to Cornell. When we got done the study and I was talking to Jasmine, I asked her, I said, I asked her, okay, what is this street? And what is this street? And I'm I said, where's the subway? Is it on? And she said, it's on the second street I mentioned. I said, you know, there was supposed to be some sort of construction there. I really wanted to take the subway. I was going to meet Jane at Bryant Park, one of my favorite places to go when we, when we go to New York. It's right behind the New York Public Library. And a fun fact is, actually, underneath Bryant Park, that's where a lot of the books are. You can't get to them there, but that's where they're stored. They have all sorts of intricate ways, uh, and I'm not sure if it's like a uh, like a rail or a or a conveyor belt type of thing when you when you get when you order a book. And again, the New York Public Library isn't a library where you go to check out a book. It's a place you go to get some sort of research book, read it there, get what you need, and then you give it back. And they put it back on the shelf, back under Bryant Park. The subway, the F line, goes right from Roosevelt Island. I could take it right to Bryant Park. I want to say 42nd, and I'm not sure if it was 5th or 6th or whatever. It was right near Bryant Park, and it would have been great because the subway cost $2.75, going up to $2.90 soon. The Uber ride that I took was $43 and change. And it was a hateful ride because... Because the guy's back door, it was a Sienna, Toyota Sienna, and the back door, I think he had closed by tying it shut with either a cable or wiring or a rope. So every time we hit a bump, the back door opened slightly and just kind of slammed into the, um, into the car. It was, just, it was just a hateful ride. 
the guy was nice enough. And when he heard me talking to or texting with Jane saying that my batteries uh, in my phone was dying, he said, oh, I have a cord. And I said, no, I have something here. And uh, I can I can charge it when I get to meet my daughter. I could do that. I appreciated it, though. And, and, and that part was good. But the ride was hateful. And again, took about 45 minutes. I had messaged my friend Brian. I said, you know, look, I'm in town today, but I'm, you know, I'm just briefly here. And I said, it's really busy here today. He said, I thought everybody was supposed to leave the city in the summer on Fridays. And I said, well, people stayed and it was packed. In fact, when I got to Bryant Park, I was there before Jane because Jane had gotten there very early. And it turns out that she got there so early, she went to the Apple store to charge her phone because she didn't have a spare battery on her to do the charging. So she walked over there. It's probably a 10 or 15 minute walk. When I told her I was on my way, she said, all right, I'll meet you over there. So when I got to Bryant Park, I'm standing there. (laughs) There's a concert going on. I I guess in the summer they do these outdoor shows. I don't know if you had to pay to get in. We were behind, I was behind looking across, let's see, I guess it was Avenue of the Americas or Sixth Avenue. I'm not sure which. It's the same road. About a block down from the Whole Foods that's also right across whatever this street is, maybe 41st in Avenue of the Americas, not 100%, but that's where I was at uh, the entrance on Bryant Park on Avenue of the Americas, in the middle of the park, not on the corners of the park, but right in the middle. And so I just stood there and I waited and I had sent an email to somebody. Somebody had emailed me that I had to respond to while I was waiting for Jane. And it was, I, I just loved it. I was standing in the shade. It wasn't too hot. And again, it was a really hot day. But I was better outside Then when I was inside doing the study, I was cold. When I was on the train, like I mentioned, freezing. And so to be outside, the one thing that I didn't have, I should have brought a bottle of water, and I didn't have any water. In fact, the only thing I had to drink was the tea that I had in the morning before I left home. So I was definitely down a quart or two. But Jane had some water on her. I drank the two gulps of that that she had left. And then we walked over to Junior's, where... We had dinner. We had the best waiter I think I've ever had there, and maybe ever. The table was a little wobbly. He said, oh, let me fix that for you. He went and he got, I don't know if it was cardboard. I don't know if it was a popsicle stick. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> he shimmed the table so it wasn't rocking, and it was awesome. And Jane and I got to sit and talk for a while, and it was just nice. It was really nice. It was cool in there. We didn't have to wait. And again, it was a little early. I think it was around five o'clock at this point. And it was just a nice, it was just a nice meal. We, of course, got cheesecake for dessert. Awesome. But it was at that point when we were sitting there that she said, Dad, you don't have the right cable to take the juice from the battery and put it into your phone. You got the, the cord to plug it in so you can charge the battery, the spare battery, but you don't have the cord to get the juice from the battery to the phone. She said, there's a Target a block or two away. It's on the way to the train, so we can stop in there. And, of course, we went there, and then I was shocked that most aisles in this Target on, uh, I don't know, 42nd, 40th, somewhere in there, between 7th and 8th, just about everything was behind glass and locked. And I was shocked at that. Fortunately, when we got to the section that we needed, there was somebody else looking for something, and he gave us the cord that we needed, and that was that. We then looked for, <laughs> Liz loves this chai 
Concentrate by Rishi. And Target supposedly wasn't going to carry it anymore. They took it off their website. So Liz constantly checks. Whenever she goes into a Target, she looks for it because it's usually a better price than getting it anyplace else. And sometimes it's hard to get. Not even Rishi has it. She's ordered it from them. She's ordered it from 8 million different supermarkets around the country that do any kind of shipping. If they, if it's a supermarket chain and they ship, she will go and get from there. And she doesn't buy a couple, obviously. She buys, if she can buy a dozen, she does. Um, whether it's free shipping on certain amounts, over certain amounts or whatever. So we go and we look for that. We don't see it. And we then head further down and go to the train station. So at this point, we get to the train station and it's about, I want to say it's somewhere between an hour and a half and two hours before my train leaves. And I had picked the 8.30 train for a couple of reasons. One, it was $10 as opposed to the one that was at 6.30. Actually, I think it was 6.35. The one that was at 6.35 and not too much more. I want to say it was $26. I was okay with that too, but I didn't want to be rushed. I thought it'd be better to wait at the train station than have to rush and worry that I'm going to miss it. And it all worked out for the most part. So I took the 8.30 train, but while we're there at the train station, we... uh, they, they have a kiosk for one of my favorite places in New York and anywhere. I, I've had it in New York and in London, and I, I guess that's it, La Deray, which is uh, the macaron, which I absolutely love, the passion fruit ones. So we got a couple of those. That was our second dessert because, we again, we had just finished dinner about a half an hour earlier. And we ate those, and we went into the lounge. And while we're in the lounge... I hear somebody call my name and it's a friend, it's a friend of mine who I haven't seen for a couple of years of, of all things. She also lives in the Philadelphia area and was traveling back to Philadelphia uh, with a coworker. And so we get to talk to her for a while. Her name, her name is Vicki. Uh, again, go to the Instagram post. You'll see a picture of her and I that uh, Jane took on her on Vicki's phone. And so it was great to catch up with her. And I hadn't talked to her for a few weeks. We had gone back and forth just before I had gone to Houston because she was having something at, she has a place down the shore and she was getting everybody together, but it was while I was in Houston. So obviously I didn't go. Liz and I didn't go because Liz wasn't going to go without me and I wasn't there. So we talked to Vicky for a bit, and I keep telling Jane, Jane, you don't have to wait. I'll get on the train. It'll be fine. I'll have no trouble. Well, Jane, deci- Jane decides to wait with me, and as they call the platform number, the stair number that you have to go down, Jane says, all right, come on. I'll take you over there. I said, okay, cool. So she's leading me over there, and we get to the top of the escalator, and the lady says, go ahead. You can take him down. I'm thinking, okay, well, that's nice, I guess. So Jane and I will go down the escalator or down the stairs. I don't remember. I guess the escalator. And she's like, let's keep walking a little bit. Well, she puts me on the train. I said, you don't need to get on. I'll be fine. I hug her. I say goodbye. She goes home to her place uh, via subway. And I'm sitting on the train. Well, I don't know if it was after we started moving or it was right before we started moving. One of the conductors come on and, you know, I'm texting with her, I'm texting with Liz, I'm texting with Vicky asking for that picture. The conductor comes on and he's talking to somebody else a few seats in front of me 
yeah, this is the quiet car. Those are the worst words that I could hear because I'm trying to, I, as I've mentioned before, if I'm answering a yes or no question or a one or two word, something that needs a one or two word response, I can type it fairly quickly and it's not a big deal. But if I have to give some sort of sentence or two response, it takes me forever. And so now the whole way home, <laughs> all these text messages with everybody I'm talking to have to be, I've got to type them in. And with the phone, and one day I should demonstrate it, maybe I could do a just listen with that. Basically, you drag your, phone, your finger around the phone screen, you find the letter that you want, and then you pick your finger up and it types that letter used to be that you had to find the letter and then double tap to get that letter. It's a little bit better now, but it still takes a while because you're dragging. And, and I'm very familiar with the QWERTY keyboard, but again, it's, it's not the easiest thing because it hurts my hand to hold it. The phone slides out on my, my left hand while I'm using my right hand to, to enter it. And I just can't do like a lot of people do, holding it in both hands using their thumbs. I can't, I, my hands don't work that well to do that. So the whole way home on the quiet car <laughs> was absolutely brutal. And I always ask, but, you know, we, f we figured we had walked past a car or two, but maybe we walked past the car that I should have gotten on instead of to that one. Then I get to Philadelphia. It's pouring like crazy when we get to North Philadelphia. And it was... Uh, I don't know if it, we were the only train that just arrived and everybody got off, but there must have been more than one train because there was a whole bunch of people in the station at 10 o'clock at night. And the other thing, when I picked the 8.30 train over the 6.35 train, those five minutes would have been enough time for me to get to the SEPTA platform to get on my train home to Swarthmore. And of course, that didn't matter since that train wasn't running. I wasn't going to take the replacement bus which I think they offered. I'm not even 100% sure they offered, especially since it was pouring because I was going to have to walk home from the station and that would have been brutal in the pouring down rain thunderstorm. <laughs> so all in all, I spent, like I said, close to $200 on Uber. The cheapest one was the one from Roosevelt Island to Bryant Park. At least two of them were close to $60 and one was over 60 with the tip. So it was a very expensive day. I did get reimbursed. I got $50 for doing the study, and they were also offering $30 for travel. Like I said, the cheapest part of my travel was my Amtrak tickets for $36. So $236 or so in travel money. And um, But again, it was a fun day. I was glad to test the uh, VR glasses. And I'd love to know what you feel if you have tried those, if you're visually impaired and have tried those, what your thoughts are on them, please reach out either on social media, at David Benge, on all the normal social media places, except TikTok. I am also on threads, at David Benge. So any of those places, let me know. I'd love to know what you think. Or give a buzz, 646-926-6350, or reach out, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Before we go, I want to mention two other things. First of all, just listen. My friend Alex's son plays baseball, and I love going to the games when they're close by. So there's, they had a game, actually a couple games. It was, we didn't know it was going to be a couple games because they had to win the first one. So we went to the first game on Sunday, 
And it was in this tournament in Chichester, or as the phone calls it, Chichester, like we're in the UK. And I don't have an English voice on my phone. It's the normal American Siri. What I did, I used my phone to grab some video, and I didn't really grab video because I put my phone face down on the bleachers because I had so much trouble grabbing audio from New York that I never actually grabbed the audio from New York. The voiceover was constantly going off when I was trying to record it, so when I shut off voiceover, it stopped the recording. So it was unusable. I've come to the conclusion that using my phone to get audio, at least for now, until I, until I get the new phone, I'm going to have to stop doing that and just using, just using the, video, the audio recorder that I have, the Zoom H1n. Then I've got to have another pocket with some other gear in it and so forth. It's a pain in the neck, but to do it, I'm, I'm going to have to. That's, that, that's the only thing that's going to be able to get audio for me, it seems. So I do have some sounds from Aiden's game. What I don't have on there was my favorite part of the game. Aiden is at bat. He gets hit by the pitch. And then the coach, and we were right by the third base coach, which, who is the... I guess the manager of the team. He starts yelling at the umpire. What do you mean he can't take first? (laughs) This was great. The ump said that he threw his elbow into the ball. (laughs) And I thought, that is so awesome. Look, you get on base any way you can. When I was a kid in high school, me and my friends all coached Little League. And so we're, I don't know, 18 years old, 17 years old. We're coaching these 11 and 12 years old, 12 year olds. And I used to tell the kids, look, you know, we need to get base runners. To get base runners, you've got three choices. Hit the ball, walk, or get hit by the ball. I don't care which one it is, get on base. There weren't fences that you could hit a home run on. It was a field that you could hit the ball. And if the grass was short enough, the ball could roll forever. If the grass hadn't been cut in a while, the ball would stop dead after it hit the ground. So it was rare for a home run, a traditional home run, you had those quote-unquote home runs where it's a double and then they overthrow second and then they overthrow third and the kid goes home. But it needed base runners, and that, that's what I told him. So, so Aiden didn't get, <laughs> didn't get first because he leaned into it, which I just think is awesome. And so the first clip that I have is some audio from... Aiden's team winning 8 nothing. He went one for three. He had an RBI double in the 8 nothing win, and he was the catcher for the game. And here it is on Just Listen, Sunday afternoon baseball. It was a beautiful day. It was great sitting out there. I wish there was a longer clip, but again, wasn't great on my phone. So here it is on Just Listen.
that clip was so short and I didn't want to shortchange you (laughs) on just listen I have another clip every night when we take Ziggy out when I take Ziggy out right before he's going to go to bed the the way it usually plays out is I will go into the kitchen and I will get a colander and I will get blackberries blueberries raspberries cherries grapes whatever we've got I usually give Ziggy he doesn't like raspberries very much he does like blueberries and he does like blackberries. So I usually give him one of each. So I do my berries in the colander and I grab a blackberry and a blueberry. And so we go out and at the top of the stairs, I give him a blueberry. We walk to the grass. I give him a blackberry. He wanders around and then goes to the bathroom one last time. We go back into the kitchen and I get him two pieces of chicken to go night-night. And that's all you have to say to him. Night-night, he runs right into his cage. And... He knows that when you say that, he's going to eat something. He is very, extremely motivated by food. So one day last week or week before, Jane was out either on a work assignment with an editor and a work assignment, quote unquote assignment, basically whining and dining an editor. And so she wasn't available to FaceTime with me while this went on. And usually I get him to the cage. He takes the chicken from my hand. He then licks my fingers to get any remaining bits of chicken or droplets of chicken juice on my hand. He licks it until he's satisfied. Then I'll lay down and I'll shut the door and I'll say night-night to him and Jane will say night-night to him. Then I hang up the call with Jane. I go and get my berries and usually watch something on TV. So she was out. I recorded this video and I'm going to not... I'll spare you all of the just him wandering around the backyard (laughs) as he's serpentining and doing his circles and uh, doing his business, but some from the backyard and then me talking to him as he's looking at me as, I, as I'm speaking to him like he's going to answer me. The second part of Just Listen, me and Ziggy at night-night. That's a good boy. That's a good boy, Ziggy. Here we go. Good job, buddy. Okay, so we gotta get the chicken now, right? Uh oh. I think we're gonna have to get more chicken out for tomorrow. What do you think? very gentle. Good? One last try? You good? Okay. Want to say night-night to Jane? Okay. 
we'll, we'll say that you did. You mouthed it, right? So there it is. It is just hysterical to watch him run into his cage when I get the chicken out of the bag. And I have to tell him to wait because I can't seal the bag of chicken up. Usually when I'm talking to Jane, I can't seal the bag of chicken, put it back in the fridge and grab the phone before he runs away. I said, don't leave me yet. Wait, wait, wait. And, and um, But with the video, I was able to do it a lot easier because I think it was the last two pieces of chicken in that bag. So that's just listen for this week. I just wanted to mention White Canes Connect episode 079 just dropped. It dropped earlier today. Well, now it's yesterday. It dropped on the 3rd of August. It is the August Monthly Digest, which basically talks about all the events and meetings and things like that in the NFB of Pennsylvania, as well as anything within the Pennsylvania blind community. Sometimes it's stuff in Philadelphia, sometimes in Harrisburg, just all sorts of things like that. Probably, if you're not blind, not of any interest. However, if you want to hear what... 11 Labs AI David sounds like, and 11 Labs AI Lisa sound like. I have them both doing that episode. So that's at White Canes Connect. Again, it's episode 079. You can find that on all the podcast players and on YouTube at PA Blind Podcast. So you can check that out if you want to. I do a live intro to it and a live outro, but the rest of it is, as I've mentioned before, because it's a newsletter that goes out to all the NFB of Pennsylvania members. I just basically take that newsletter and have my AI self and Lisa's AI self read, quote unquote, the upcoming events. And there's some things that it says weirdly and and things like that. And I don't know that it sounds exactly like Lisa and exactly like me, but it sounds pretty good. So go check that out again. White Canes Connect episode 079. That is all I have for this episode of I Can't See You. I really do appreciate you joining me. All the show notes are available over on the website, icantseeyou.com slash 240. That's icantseeyou.com slash 240. Again, all numbers. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 240. Please reach out, as I've mentioned earlier, on the socials at David Benj via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. And you could reach out via phone 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes. Please leave your name in town if you do leave a voicemail so I know where you're from and who you are. Not that I'm going to hunt you down or anything, but I'd love to know how to address you, and anything that you've got. If you want to talk to me about the VR glasses, any tips or tricks that you do when you're blind, uh, doing certain things around your house or when you're out and about, or if you've got show ideas, or if you think this show is the worst show ever, let me know. Also, if you like it, you can let me know there too. (laughs) I fear that it is (laughs) the dislike over the like, but let me know either way. I'd love to hear from you again. 646-926-6350. Thanks again for listening. Be well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.